At Voyage Healthcare, we are still open and ready to see you for injuries, chronic conditions, med checks, and acute care. If you are concerned about safety, call to schedule a video visit. If you believe that you have been exposed to the coronavirus or are experiencing any symptoms, please do not come into the office. Call our coronavirus hotline at 763-587-7900. That number is also found on the voyagehealthcare.com webpage. Thanks, my talkers. At Voyage Healthcare, we are here on the journey with you. The Weekly Dish Podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. I know many of you have had it with all the home cooking. You check out the fridge and the cupboards, but nothing looks good, and you're just not feeling it. So that's when you head to your local co-op for their amazing deli. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and at Lakewinds, the deli makes everything from scratch, so you don't have to. They're stocked up on delicious, nutritious, easy meals that are ready for you and your family when you don't want to cook. They've got nutritious salads, sandwiches, and wraps to go, take-and-heat meals like pot pies, quiches, and salmon, and there are even scratch-made meals from the deli in the frozen aisle. Things like frozen entrees, pizzas, soups, spinach pie, these are all ready for you to put in the freezer on the nights when you're not motivated to cook. And you know these meals meet Lakewind standards, right? So no artificial colors or flavors, no high fructose corn syrup or hydrogenated oils, and the meat's ingredients have no nitrates, added hormones, or antibiotics. If you can't make it to Lakewinds, visit your neighborhood co-op, but the Lakewinds that I shop are in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield. Find out more about all of the items that you can find at your Lakewinds food co-op at lakewinds.com. Eat on, eat on the weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, Stephanie March. And we are just getting situated. We got a poser down from the ladies in front of us. No, no offense, ladies, but our protocols here are to be pretty safety conscious and lots of chemicals. You do have to, if you, I mean, anybody who's been a guest in the studio knows we're in a, in a kind of a small space. We are apart, but boy, that the chemical smell of the wipe downs that are happening between, you know, shows is amazing. As someone who is a former Ugh. cancer patient, I'm like, I wonder how long it'll be before all these chemicals that we're bombing everything with planes, trains, automobiles will start, you know, causing problems but that's <laughs> not a very uplifting way to start a food show we'll is just, it we're just gonna add to all the other fear oh, i said know? to stephanie i might already just a little warning i don't know why every time i come in here it's i feel emotional it's partly i'm so happy to have like a job and be doing something normal yeah but yeah i uh, accosted a man on my street who was walking down the street with his amazon package and i was like hmm who walks with an amazon i package? know and i she drove thought. by him and then i drove back around i can't believe you had time to like drive around oh this is my life because i'm a social justice warrior like yeah when i see wrong i must report so i'm like what am i gonna do what am i gonna do? so i'm like okay excuse me sir uh are you sure that's your package He's like, well, no, it's not. He goes, I found it over at this university club and I'm bringing it over to this house and it's addressed to this street. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to take your picture just in case. So I snap his picture and then he introduces himself. And of course, we're being socially distant and he's kind of weirded out and I'm weirded out. And I think he's probably legit 
And I was like, oh, hope you understand. You know, we've just had a lot of packages stolen. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, good for you. I used to live in the neighborhood. He's like, I get it. But then I drive away and my adrenaline's going and I'm all like, oh, are you that person, Stephanie? Have you become that person? I'm never that person. <laughs> I'm that person all the time. No, it's because exhausting. I think I... I'm Gladys Kravitz. Let's just admit You it. are. You definitely Ooh. are. Don't you think... Uh, but I, for me, there's so much more context. And I guess that's always, for me, I need to know the context. You do. You're a good, yeah. always asking three Thoughtful. questions after the fact. I'm not the... You know what's so funny is I when I was a kid, my mom always told me that she's definitely more of a thinker. And she's German. You know, it's more about thinking than than feeling. You know, not like... Not in place of, but that just is her vibe. And I was, as a kid, I always said, no way, I'm not like that. Oh my God, I am so like that. <laughs> we do turn into our mothers. Yeah, I'm Isn't like, and truth? maybe that's just the function of like now I, but I mean, I need to think about something before just reacting emotionally to it. So unless there's, if I see someone beating someone up or someone in pain, of course, then I react. But I had another instant of this last week mm-hmm. that I'll just share since this has become my therapy session. Uh, middle of the night, 2.30, windows open. And I live on a street where there are a lot of people that are constantly checking car doors, rifling through your stuff. Yeah. There's just seemingly a lot of crime. Yeah. And uh, it's 2.30 in the morning and I hear like people talking. And I right away I get up like and start looking around. And I've seen people naked in a car having sex. I've seen someone beating the crap out of his girlfriend in the car. Like I've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I my first instinct was just like, hey. <laughs> and it was down in the alley. And the guy looks up at the window and he goes, hey, he goes, I'm just walking my dog. And I go, oh, okay. It's just kind of late. He goes, yeah, it's okay. I'm just walking my dog. It's all right. I'm like, okay, okay. But like, so my first instinct, it's 2.30 in the morning. And you shouted out your window at someone in your alley. Yeah, because they're always like, there's people back there. There's all kinds of stuff is happening in my neighborhood. Right, I don't have an alley. Right, so I wouldn't and it's right literally beneath my window. Mm. So it's like right so there. So you heard things and you felt like yep. maybe there was someone trying to get... Okay, okay. Yep. I feel like I would say something. But he was funny. He was like, hey, I, I'm just it's, walking my dog. It's okay. Okay, sorry. Because he knows. He's also probably aware. Yeah, it probably a neighborhood person. That's yeah. true. That's, That's so, so there's funny. my Gladys Kravitz moment. Well, I might need to get a grip. Let's talk a little bit more. Let's take the Karen situation just a little bit harder. And also, by the way, I'm so sorry for all the Karens out there who have been settled with this as their the moniker. You know what I mean? Well, the I red, know a lot of great Karens. I'm, my middle name's Karen, so <laughs> there's no coincidence there. <laughs> this is Kathy, though. Kathy Hall was listen, the Red Lobster Lady's listen, name. Listen, if you guys don't know, yesterday we uh, I had Hanson on the Hooches and Smooches, uh, you know, show on MSP Mag TV Live on Facebook, and we kind of set a metric. I feel like we talked about it. we call it the what's your what's your Red Lobster Lady factor. You know, like cause because everyone... this totally <laughs> seemingly normal woman completely lost her mind yeah. at the door of the Red Lobster. I didn't put a link up because I don't really want you nah, to have to watch you it. Can it's find gross. It. Here's the deal. You can find it if you need to. She completely lost her mind because Red Lobster was behind two hours behind on the orders on Mother's Day. It might even have been three hours. And she wanted a refund. And she's getting super belligerent at the door with the Red Lobster employees who are all masked and gloved and trying to do the right thing and saying... We're getting you your refund. You can't come in, but we're getting you your refund. Like, I felt for those hospitality employees trying to make the best of what is arguably a horrible situation. Right. And the woman, like, is just belligerent. And then she starts, like, hitting and slapping. Then she sort of seems like she kind of gets it together and backs off. 
And her friend is like, I'm videotaping the whole thing. It's like, well, good, because that's what we're going to need, because you're going to see what a nut you are. Yeah. But besides that, she kind of looks like she gets it together. But then she comes back for another round. And that's where I lose it, because now you've had a moment to step away and catch your breath. Everybody does stupid stuff and loses their mind. I get that. But... Like, now you go in for round two, so you're just that person. Well, but even then, I mean, like, in a, in a time when we're not really supposed to be touching each other, she's, like, she's like full-on accosting people physically. Flilling, ripping off Flilling, their masks. Yeah. Yep. And I just think, whatever. But, I mean, like, I get, the funny part is, is, like, obviously that's Red Lobster Lady 10. That's, like, at a, she was at a 10, at a level 10. And we were saying, like, you know, sometimes you get to a level that you're a little bit more frustrated with things. Things you snap a little bit harder. I feel like we're all at least at a five. We're, and I Just think a five is it. our new, is our new like, DEFCON level Red Lobster Lady 5. You know? But that's just like for a lot of people, the anxiety, the job loss, the uncertainty, yeah. the chaos. Like, five is just feeling like this is where we're operating all the time. I know. It's not good. I know. And my husband, by the way, the nastiest thing to come out of marital counseling for me it's great for him mm-hmm. like i i think you're at like a level like seven i really need you to like come down to a three yeah the, like, i need you to come to a different oh level. it is the most controlling like when you start to control me i am flailing like kathy hall at the red lobster doorway <laughs> if you think you can like and whenever he says anything like can you just take it down a notch I want to start screaming louder. Oh. Like it's a button that you push with me and he, and you might be totally right. Like right. I may need to calm down. Yeah. But to tell me to calm down, to tell me that I need to bring it down to level where you can feel like you can deal with me, like screw you. Yeah. Oh, the end. Interesting. So interesting. I guess I'm at a five already. I guess you're already at a five. I'm a little worried about the show today, but Hope. I think we'll be okay. Hope. Let's check in with producer Hope. Hope, where are you at? Are you What's on, your the, red on the red lady? lobster lady scale? Oh, I, I think I'm maybe a little bit above a five right now. <laughs> okay. Or no. Is that good, right? We want to go up or no? No, no, no. no you do not want to go up. I'm like, down. I'm red down. lobster 10. You no. are okay. like... I'm at, a, I'm at a three. Lot. I'm at a three You're right three. now. Okay. Yeah, I'm at That's a one, good. so I'm good for all of us right great. now. Perfect. Okay. Great. So it's good. All right. I'm going to plant my garden this weekend. So. Okay. You're going to leave and go up north? Yep. Okay. I'm going to plant my garden. I'm going to get into my That'll happy help. place, get my seeds in. That'll help a lot. Hey, I wanted to give a quick update, like a little one minute update on the uh, Chrissy Teigen, Allison Roman situation, which we talked about wow. for like a hot second yeah, last we week. It was just popping off and it is now turned, of course, into a very social uh, lots of think pieces, lots of think pieces, lots of social commentary on what it means to be Allison Roman and to go off on Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo and, and lots of good things. Um, and I got to tell you that the most interesting thing was, you know, Chrissy Teigen reacted with her, you know, sort of hurt feelings. And then she said, I'm done. And then Allison Roman, you know, of course, came back with and the fight was, you know, Allison Roman in an interview said some pretty just off-the-cuff disparaging remarks about the business models of both Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo. And, you know, there's people saying, why does a woman, like, Anthony Bourdain went off on Guy Fieri as, like, part of his shtick, and nobody cares. But when a woman says something even a little bit negative about another woman, then it's, like, you know, pretty much the worst thing in the world. And so there's a little bit of, and then other people were saying, you know, obviously she went off on two women of color for their business tactics, and that's not appropriate, in a in escape of being a white woman who is you know 
kind of in that privileged sector. So there's a lot of back and forth with everything. Um, I will say, I think Alison Roman came out with a good apology that uh, finally she did. She came out with a couple bad ones at first, and then she came out with a really good one that was sort of understanding about, you know, how she messed up and she was off the cuff and it was a flippant remark. It was a shade of Andrew Zimmern, quite honestly. And I thought that that was like, okay. Um, but I do believe that it was an interesting, it was an interesting dust up in the moment of the food recipe writing world that was sort of, uh, I think has impact maybe for the next, you know, as things kind of go, but it's kind of interesting to watch. I don't know. It is interesting to watch. We can talk about it at a later date, but someone brought up like culturally appropriating recipes again. And I just was like, is that even still a thing? Well, and I will tell you this. I have feelings of a lot of things. There's a there's an interesting writer, and I should find her stuff. But she says she finally said something that I've always kind of said, which is, um, and she said it in a really great way that I've never been able to kind of put it together. But she said, you know, I'm I'm all for the history of food, but she's like, I'm also for the history of the movement of food, and you can't really just and and the disservice of anchoring one thing to one place and calling it that forever into perpetuity. Yeah, it takes it out of the fact that the mobility of food is actually the most empowering piece of food and the way that it and it moves through cultures and through people and that we're having this hard time seeing it move right now in the state of you know of uh, the patriarchy or whatever and that that you know the hard part is not is the hard part is trying to call it out without stopping it because the mobility of food is actually the most empowering piece of it and there's nothing more rewarding than being inspired by a dish or something that you've eaten or tried to recreate right like in in so many ways, it can be an homage. Well, and someone and uh, oh, and, and mostly, and it's you know the idea of using, but and and the, the idea is to not erase the cultures from where something came, and and to not pretend that it didn't exist. That's I get that feeling, but the hard part is when is it so that when you have to write about kimchi or you're using kimchi in something, is every time you have to redefine it and you have to restate that because I don't know if that's necessarily going to do it either, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested. Complex again. There's a lot of complexity. To it so we're not that complex no but we have a good show <laughs> that just exhausted me a really good show we'll yeah. be right back hey everybody welcome back to weekly dish uh we had a big announcement this week from the governor boy we sure did <clears throat> the big announcement was oh we were gonna take a caller first oh yeah let's take the let's caller. take the call quickly someone wants to ask us about spices hi erica hi what can we well, help you with all- today I have to say, you guys are doing a tremendously good job on social media of um, letting people know where they can get new um, takeout items. And Stephanie, I saw you posted about a sushi place, and I just wanted to say thank you for doing that because we've been trying to get takeout once a week. And every time you pull something up, I'm like, that's a great spot. I didn't (laughs) even know about that. Great. Oh, Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. So I'm trying to find adobo seasoning out in the suburbs, (laughs) and I'm not really sure where to get adobo seasoning it's most places um like is it yeah i would go to your co-op actually can i tell you honestly i would go to cub cub tends to uh carry a lot of mexican stuff yeah they do they have a lot like they have a lot of the abuelita you know blends and oh so they have a lot of just you know really great stuff it's probably where you're looking in the store where are you where are you from or where are you shopping I'm out in Maple Grove, and I don't really shop at Cub. I usually go to Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, but yeah. I can swing by Cub. Um, I try not to go to too many stores all in one stop, but right. I'll stop by there. Yeah. 
You could also go to El Burrito and they have it. And then you could get takeout. Yeah. Which is delicious. Their tamales and their chicken tinga. It'd be like a destination trip. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Um, Okay. So speaking of, uh, you know. Can I just, not to totally backtrack, but speaking of her comment about the spices, like, we like I don't know like it's helpful in a store to know that there's like a Hispanic section or an Asian section but when does that like just start to trickle into like the spices you know what I mean yeah that like, it isn't it like a separate be, right. yeah I know there's that's a whole nother just that's a whole totally thing is. Too. sorry that's a, that's, I mean to that's derail the same, it but yeah that's another one in the same like thing. your soy sauce or your I don't know well they togarashi yeah, but they are traditional cuisines that like, and that's the thing. Like you would, it's you know, yeah, your your togarashi wouldn't you would never think of that with Italian food. Well, and it's kind of funny because like even Italian, like there's the tomato section and then there's the Italian section, which yeah. is just weird too. I know it's so strange. Okay, okay. So June one is it so going to happen, Stephanie March? So we are had, people opening. So we had a whole thing. The governor came, you know, out and said, "Were you shocked?" Oh, 100% shocked. Me too. 100% shocked. I did not anticipate that we would be eating in a dine-in situation until mid-July at the earliest. No, and that was, I was at a, I was talking to some restaurant people earlier that day, knowing that the governor was coming on, knowing that he was going to talk about the the stay-at-home order and thinking, and we all said June 13th, for sure. That's the earliest that we could possibly ever think is June 13th. And then he came out with June 1, and it was just sort of like, wow. And a lot of people were very... Um, I think a lot of restaurant people were just, I mean, like aghast. A lot of them were, of course, excited. And then a it's, lo- a, it's a mixed blessing. It for is. Sure. A, well, and this is the thing. So I did put on the Facebook on my personal Facebook. I asked, you know, will will restaurants open and will they go? I mean, we're almost up to 300 comments by people. And I have to shout out to everybody who commented because everybody kept it clean and nice and didn't attack each other and wasn't like, you're an idiot. It was just their opinions. And it was a wonderful collection of smart people saying things. Um, and you can still go in and add in someone, a couple of people, you know, put their opinions in this morning. I counted it up when it was about 100 comments. Yeah. And I had about 75% no, 25% yes to the question, will you eat June 1? Uh, I, that was 100 comments in. Yeah, I did the I did the 200 I when it was about 200 something so in the article that I wrote for MSP Mag which I did put on Facebook with you guys um is uh I think it was like a 70-50. So 70 will not go, 50 will go. And it was like more like 80, 80, 50 and then there was 30 that were I counted as sort of like they were they didn't they were like conflicted Mm -hmm. they were saying like i don't want to but maybe if it's on the patio i would go or i don't know if i would but i think i would that kind of thing so a lot of people thought that they would go if it was just the patio but they said yeah i'll go if it's if i sit on the patio um and it was really interesting to me because it was the idea that what i was really fascinated was by the amount of people who were like Yes, I want to support restaurants. I can't wait. I'm going to get out there and help them. And then other people saying, I don't want to get them into sickness. I don't want to endanger them. I don't there want to endanger myself. There was a lot of care for the employees yes. in the front of the house that, that I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about. And then I talked to my sister, who's a server, and she was like, yeah, I think I'll probably get called back. But it is something I'm like trying to think about. How can I be safe? What will that look like? Yeah. And I was also surprised and and maybe this is a Minnesota nice thing. I don't know. I was surprised how many people really put their faith in the restaurant tour to keep them safe. 
Yes. I was pleased about that because I think it shows a high level of community exchange and trust. Mm -hmm. But I was also a little shocked by it. Like, wow, you know, these people really are counting on these restaurants to keep them safe. And I feel like my safety is my personal responsibility. Right. So I thought that was really interesting. There was a lot of discussion. I thought this was someone else put out there because a lot of people, you know, there's people who are angry that the governor, they feel that the governor is capitulating to the, uh, you know, the reactionary people who are saying open the state. Well, and he says he's not, but it's pretty hard when you're sitting next to Wisconsin who literally flooded the bars the minute like, I'm sorry, my whole family's from Wisconsin. Like, what's happening over there? It's a little it's a little bit of a block the bridge at Hudson situation. I mean, I, mean yes. I, I will honestly say that that was. But again, I don't think that that's for me. I, I do think, you know, it's the WTF Wisco thing. But I don't think that that's what we're saying. We're not saying that that was a mo- that was a movement by their Supreme Court. That was a political movement, mm-hmm. and there was, and then there was like re- recommendations from the Tavern League to how to do this right. Really, recommendations from the Tavern League. That's We're right. going to need something a little stronger than that. And so I think that by saying I don't want to compare us to them because we're going to come out with with the governor is going to come out with strong uh, guidelines, and if you don't obey those guidelines, you know I feel like they're going to say you're going to lose your liquor license, you're going to lose, you know, you're going to lose your business operating license. Um, and so, and again, even then, those things I think will be somewhat, uh, I don't know. Here's the deal. You know, you hear these things and now we're going to wrap up and it's, let's keep talking okay. about it. We'll come back and talk about it a little bit more on the other side. And if you guys have thoughts, 651-641-1071, we certainly want to include you in the conversation. Yeah. We'll be right back. Well, we're just going to cut off that extremely depressing uh, Selena Gomez song. Sorry, Selena. Love you. But today just isn't the day to lose you to love me. Yeah. Um, Whoa. Whoa. Okay. So we're going to keep talking about the restaurant scene. Yeah. Yeah. The restaurant scene and the issue that we had uh, had uh, raised. And of course, again, if you guys want to call and weigh in, 651-641-1071. You know, the idea is that should restaurants open, should they not? Will they open? Can they open? Because here's the other side of all of this, you guys, is the fact of how restaurants have been pretty much closed for two months. Of course, there are places that are moving and have been doing a lot of takeout. It's not the same as being open to having dining in your restaurant. And takeout requires quite a bit of space and like packaging area. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing a robust takeout business, which some of these people are, they're using a lot of that space in the restaurant for... What is that staging. called? Yeah, staging and expediting. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh-huh. Also, like, how do you enforce the six feet rule? And bars, I'm assuming, like, a bar, that's, like, shut down, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, like, but do no- people have PPE for their employees? Do they have masks? Do they, this like, is people all are part complaining of on social media when they go to pick something up and someone isn't wearing a mask that they'll never eat there again. Well... Is that like how you'll feel when you're inside the restaurant? I I have so many questions. Yeah. And product. Okay. Cause like, are we going to just ever, are we having a beef shortage? Are we having a pork shortage? Is all this product just going to come flooding into these restaurants? And then what if we have a spike in a month? Are they going to be asked to shut down again and have like all of this inventory of food? Yeah. 
It is. There will be places that have that are there. I think there's there's two ways around. Actually, there's many ways around this, but I think there are people who are going to open. There are people who are going to be like, in fact, I talked to some who didn't want to go on record, but they're like, yeah, I'm going to open and I'm going to do everything I can. And I'm like, I get that. And I hear you and they want to save their business and they want to move forward. They're like, I will do all the, you know, things they're going to jam their, their freezers, you know, and stuff as much as food as they can. They're going to figure out a smaller menu. They want to tent their parking lots and do all this kind of stuff to spread people out, which is a deal. And like Berkeley, you heard has shut down their streets. Yeah. I wondered like, is Grand Avenue going right, to, could they? They could. Could you take, if we can take up a parking, a whole lane for the bikes. Right. Not to get started on the bike rant, but why couldn't we do this for yeah. once? So I think that there is some thoughts about that, that it is possible to then, and I think the six feet thing is, um, which of course then yesterday there was a study out that the six feet thing doesn't really matter, that it's not it. And that you can just be talking to someone within like, you know, and it, so there's, this is the problem is that there's so many variables. There's so many questions. Um, and, you know, the science is like, this is it. And then wait, no, now this is it. But I think that there will be people who make who are going to throw in the gamble and they're going to say, I got to do everything I possibly can. I'm going to go down with the ship, but we got to try in this way. And they'll continue to do takeout and they'll try to have, you know, people hanging out and being in, in socially responsible spaces. Um, and we'll see. And then that they're going to and then if things spike, like the governor said, he will dial it back. If we're talking about there's other places that think know that they won't be able to come back from that. They won't be able to invest the money to get going. And then in six weeks, have it crash again. And so they're not even going to try. They're not going to waste. They're not, there's people who said that's burning money and I can't do that. So I'm going to stay the course for the next six months and I'm not going to open at all. And at what cost? At what cost, and and it's also unknown, but how about the employees? Like you're a server and you're, you've are you been at home now for eight weeks and you're scared and you don't get paid a lot of money and you're just like getting called back now and you're supposed to put on your mask and just go and like be in a closed environment with all of these strange people that you don't know. That feels like a really hard choice for a lot of these people to make to me personally. Yeah. If I'm making that choice as a diner, what does that choice feel like for someone that's on the front line working and that they have to work? And if they don't work, they lose their job. Right. So the choices are. Well, and I don't know them. exactly about how the working well, if someone opens and you don't go back to work, what do you think? Well, there's there is uh, there's talk of part of the benefits being if you are worried about your job for COVID reasons or, you know, talk, 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 talk. I like know, but people, I feel like there is something I I should look. I was trying to find it, but I'd heard that you they can't fire you for not wanting. To I don't believe in. that's true. You don't I believe people true. are talking about that. I believe there's some thought being given to that. But right now, I think if you are called back to work. Yeah, you're supposed to go. You're supposed to go. And, and your unemployment is in jeopardy if you don't. Here's the thing, though, I think, though, is interesting more than more. I mean, the health thing for sure. hundred percent. And we are basically, you know, Jennifer Schellenberger, one of my you know bartending friends. She said it. I thought she said it brilliantly. She's like, they're asking us to be the next front line. Yes. And and deal with the and we're minimum Kathy wage Hills workers at Red Lobster of we're, the world. We're minimum wage workers. Yep. And yet everybody who's salaried gets to sit back and do whatever they need to do to take care of themselves. And she said, um, 
But she said also, you know, if you think of this, the tipped employees, they're not coming back to an equitable job. Like if you're a tipped employee who a bartender who is making, you know, $700 a week bartending, $1,100 a week bartending, you know, that's a possibility that happens in some places. And, uh, there's no chance they're going to be making no. that money. When you have reduced hours, you have reduced volumes, there's no way that that money is coming back to them. And they're basically just going to be serving the servers, right, at a bar, because you're not going to be standing at a bar to get a drink. You Well, they, from what they said, they haven't, they, they, haven't, they haven't said no to the bars. A lot of places, the places that are opening around the country, their bars are open as much as their restaurants are. They just have to have the feet. You just can only have, like... Two people standing here like you can't it's about it's about the capacity and letting people in. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. And I I don't know what the right answer is here. And I'm not coming down on the side of the server versus the employer, because I think a lot of these employers I know care deeply about their employees. Yeah. But they're put in a really untenable position too. like I'm just so mad. I'm mad <laughs> we don't have testing. I'm mad we don't have better information. I'm mad we don't have leadership that is helping people to navigate these very difficult decisions. Yeah. It feels like even Hubbard Broadcasting, you know, are you, when are you bringing your employers back? When do you bring your employees back? All of us are sort of been in this stasis and we're not giving clear guidelines about what's right. And, you know, there is no government master that understands all these nuances. So maybe I'm just mad at the world. And I was going to say no the hard part is at. like this is all new for everyone. Yeah. Like it's not I mean, it is being mad. I, that's the hard part. I think we're all looking for. That's why the governor gets like I don't envy him his job at all. I drove He's, by his house today and there's all these little sticks in the yard with hearts on them. Yeah. And a chalk that just Good. says thank you. He's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, he is. He's there, like and I get it. And that's why I was so impressed with the conversation on my Facebook and that has ensued from this article because it really is it is about livelihoods and it's about lives and there's fear on all sides and that is the hardest part to manage that and I feel like as we you know I I go back and forth I literally side with everybody (laughs) which is horrible but I, I sit here and I say you're right I don't want you to have to work in this I don't want you to have to go out and I also am terrified and and yet I don't want you to lose your business because then you can't employ the people who are who need to come back. And there are workers who aren't getting benefits. There are illegal yeah. workers out there who are not getting any dollars right now. They're not sitting pretty and waiting, get collecting checks. They need to work. And I thought about you, too, like I, just personally, like so here we sit across from each other, yeah. six feet, barely spewing air and talking into the universe. And I feel like we made a pact. We understood where each other were going to be. Now that pact is open because you, it's your job and I'm scared for you, but I have to make my own personal choices. So it's putting, it just puts everybody in a very weird space, right? My sister's husband, he's in the restaurant business. It's directly impacting them too. Like in my own family, I see these choices being made yet. I don't feel comfortable going to visit my dad in Wisconsin And now I feel less than comfortable because he's immune compromised. So before when everybody was locked down, maybe we could have managed something outside. Like now I feel like I don't know where the mailman's been. I don't you know, it's just it's crazy. I don't know. but Yeah. And that's the thing is, I think you can either get super granular with that and get or you can sort of feel And you just want to crawl into a hole and get into the fetal position. And I don't want to do that. I don't want those restaurateurs to do it Uh, by the same token. 
like Feeding America, the uh, organization that Jose Anders, they have like a 20 page document about how you can be safe in a restaurant setting. And there's a lot of cool innovation that is happening. And someone said something that gave me a lot of hope this week. It was like, we're not shutting down the future of hospitality and the future of restaurants. But what we are doing is evolving the business model. Yeah. There's no choice now. Well, and that's what some of them were saying. A lot of the restaurateurs were saying June one is too soon because we're not ready to re- how this is going to go. We, and Gavin Kaysen said it wonderfully. He said, you know what? You told us we had to shut down and we did. Now we get to decide how we're going to reopen. And the same thing with Tim Niver, who said, you know what? Fam, not coming back on June 1. I know a lot of you were like, yes, let's do this. He's like, we will stay takeout only until June 28th. And then he's like, I'm going to take 10 days off. We're all going to take 10 days off and come back and decide how we want to do this. So, and I agree. I mean, like July 4th, he's, they're not, we're not going to see a lot of restaurants open over that weekend anyway. So why not? Like take those times and then come back and figure and it out. And reinvent. Like, yeah. Most know. of them will. They will come back and it'll be, you know, it'll, it may be ticketed situations. Like the better restaurants, we will probably only ever be able to like pick your meal online, pay for it before you go, come in, ticketed. You have an hour and a half to eat and then you, and then that's it. I am so missing the spontaneity of restaurant dining and just like, oh, I don't feel like cooking right now. I'm going to go and get a red cow burger. Like everything is so planned and you have to order in advance. I'm missing that about shopping too. Like even running out and, oh, I feel like having, you know, lamb tonight. Well, I don't have it in the freezer. Therefore, I'm not going to have it. I'm going to eat those crappy leftovers oh, that are we, sitting. Jake and I basically had like an English muffin, some sugar snap peas and an egg <laughs> for dinner because we couldn't come up with anything and there was no time to go get anything. And it still feels, it's like, oh, another meal. Hooray. <laughs> the joy of my life has turned into a chore. Great. Yeah. Do you want to know my one low point this week? I mean, my lowest point this week, I guess, would be I was working on the blog and I, uh, I, I happened to have Sex in the City came on and I was like, oh, I'll just have that on in the background and while I'm working... And it was the scene where their girls were all in this fa- their favorite bar, and it was the drag queen bingo. You know, Samantha sees like her doppelganger, and I just it stopped me cold. And I looked at them, and there were four people at this table. They're playing bingo. There are drag queens running around. People were dropping drinks off, and I just thought we won't see that beautiful chaos for a long time. Yeah. And that that one moment, like thunk me so i see that sometimes on instagram like i'll see something and i think oh wait they're not wearing a mask or oh they're too close they're touching they're yeah you know but then you're like but that was years ago or something yeah so anyway good talks and i do think that we're gonna see uh to wrap it up the governor is going to put out uh he is you know formed a task force to really think about what are the metrics that are gonna make sense what you know how how can people maybe open six five one six four one one oh seven one we're gonna get to the ask stephanie portion of the show next and you can call in the governor's gonna let me finish my statement well, the governor, wrapping, wrapping, i know i know i just want to say that may 20th i just want to say may 20th is okay. when he's gonna announce it all right welcome back to the weekly dish we've been talking about the june one can open in some capacity just since i was so rushing stuff may 20th may 20th is when the governor will give his guidance so we'll have more understanding of what this means then most people most restaurants will make their decision then i think some of them say nope no chance some of them are like yeah for sure and then the majority are like well we're gonna have to see because i don't know if it'll make any sense to do it or not six five one six four one one oh seven one you're welcome to weigh in if you want to play the pantry game we can do that I'm going to tell you about an avocado tip while we wait for some calls. <laughs> 651-641-1071. Right. This was a tip 
that I feel like is pretty much life changing. Okay, here's what it is, friends. When you go and you buy your avocados and you put them on your counter and they sit there and you're like not sure you're going to get to it. And then you go to get to it and it's already like, here is how you can keep avocados ripe into perpetuity. You just throw them whole into the freezer with the skin on. So it's ripe, but you can't get to it or you're going to go out, do something else, throw it in the freezer. Then when you want to eat it, you take it out of the freezer, you run it under hot water, you set it on your counter for 30 minutes and cut it like into quarters and that skin will peel right off. It will be green. It will be the right texture. It will be exactly as you left it when it was sitting on your counter, however long ago that was. I've seen like people vacuum sealing avocado halves. I've seen like people make that horrible guacamole and freeze it. But this is like just, in the in the in the skins. Yeah. You just throw them in the freezer. It's like tomatoes, too, when you have a garden full of tomatoes and you can't get to them and you just throw them in the freezer whole with the skins on. And then when you're ready to make sauce, you just, you know, you take the little green part off the stem, but you just throw them into a pot and you can fish out the skins if you want to or just blend them up, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you can't eat tomatoes after they've been in the freezer like plain. You have to make a sauce out of them. They're, they get they get like mealy if you don't. Well, you're not, you're not going to slice it and have a right. tomato. So but you could make clear. sauce with them. You like, could for if sure. If you have an abundance of tomatoes or if you go get like at the farmer's market, sometimes you get a whole barrel. Yeah. You just throw them in the freezer. Yeah. I love my freezer, man. That is like you my are, freezer You are like and I, freezer are tech. One. You are like super, super freezer tech. And I am the one who's like, oh, look at... I, apparently, I put like a chicken carcass in here at some point. Huh. What was that you all about? You do have to kind of go through it. Um, as, as Kurt went to the cabin and opened it up for the first time this season with his mom, I was throwing like hunks of protein into a cooler. Like, oh, let's bring this to the cabin. Let's bring this to the cabin. So now I'm about two-thirds... Full, yeah. Instead of fully full, right? And Kurt's mom said, "Well, we have enough protein at the cabin for the entire summer." You probably do. I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Your son likes his meat. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Hey, I did. In the vein of this, actually, I did put up on the Facebook uh, some uh, question today about you know what's your best cooking advice you've ever gotten. Avocado Which is a hard tips, thing to man. think about. I know we're not going to get like a ton of answers on it because it's you have to kind of think about it. Here's mine. Yeah. Never complain. Never explain. Julia Child, you drop something on the ground, quickly pick it up, rinse it off. You burn something, just scrape off the top, keep it going. Yeah. And you don't like say anything about it. You just keep going. Um, Some of the ones Mark said, lower the heat. This isn't NASCAR. I love that (laughs) so hard, Mark. That is a great piece of advice. Um, Naomi said, if you screw it up, pizza is only a phone call away. This is so my mantra. I told this to Jake the other day. I was like, I'm going to try something. Oh my God, I haven't even told you about it. I'll save it for top two. Um, I'm so excited. But I thought, well, if it messes up, I'm like, we'll just call Carbonis. It'll be 651 641 1071. If you've had this opportunity where you've had to call Carbonis. Oh my God. I could use a Carbonis square shape. Oh my God. I housed two of those last night. Minnesota made pizza right now. Listen, after Hooches and Smooches, Carbonis gets a call. Let's just be clear. I did eat an entire Jack's pizza by myself. I know. Well, Jack's is nothing. It was like a thousand calories, but oh, I walked 15 miles that day. Um, here's here's a great piece of advice on the thread. Spend your money on the best chef's knives you can afford and also buy decent heavy bottom skillet. Those are two things that we talk about yeah. all the time, but it's so, so true, Teresa. I well, totally agree. There are, if you are someone who's in the market for cutlery and pots and pans, like there have been some 
deals, deals people. out there. So deals. if you're looking in your browser, ooh, we have a lot of people calling in, oh. so that's good. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll start to take some calls. Hi, Catherine. You want to ask about the farmer's markets, I think. How you doing, Catherine? I'm good, you guys, my radio friends. I love you guys so much. We are your radio friends and yeah. proud to be. <laughs> What's going on today? Well, I am just a little concerned about how they're going to handle the farmer's markets. And I know Fulton and Kingsfield are both opening up today and tomorrow. And um, just wondering what you've heard. Yeah, Steph's been. With regard to that. And then also wondering about CSAs. I am single. And most CSAs are too much for one person. So I'm just wondering if you have any knowledge of good CSAs that aren't, like, overflowing with too much vegetables and fruits. I'm going to let Steph take the farmer's market question, and I'm going to take your CSA question. And here is the answer to it, I feel like. Okay. Shop your co-op. Your co-ops are getting produce from local farms. They are getting meat from local farms. They are getting eggs from local farms. Lakewinds in particular has incredibly high standards, and I'm sure the other ones do too, but I'm going to speak to Lakewinds because I know, because I've researched this with them. These are local farmers. So while you're not getting a CSA, you are getting seasonal produce that's grown in Minnesota or Wisconsin that they are going to, you can buy the content you need, content you need, the quantity you need for a single person. I feel like you're still doing your part if you are shopping your co-ops. But if you're looking for a CSA because you want someone to give a box to you without having to go to a grocery store, which sure. is a lot of what people are doing, if you go to Minnesota Grown, um, they have a list of CSAs there. And actually, there's more than a few that have small shares geared for smaller households. So you just have to go look it up on the website. I have it oh, on my Instagram, great. too. There's a highlight circle that has local um, a, a, docu- a Google document of all local CSAs. Oh, thank you so much. Those are both really great ideas. Yeah. And as far as farmer's markets go, I'll tell you that there's a lot of variants again. Uh, you know, there's places like the, I've been to both Mill City and I've been to uh, the regular one. I'm actually going to run to the regular, or the, the Minneapolis downtown one today because I need to pick up some, a pork shoulder from Tollefson. But there's Richfield is open as well, and they are doing partial drive through, partial like you can pre order or you can be in person. Linden Hills is open tomorrow, and they have no, you know, on site market. It is all pre order, and then you drive through to pick up. And then places like Fulton and Kingfield, <clears throat> pardon me, a lot of the vendors are doing pre order if you need it and if you want to do that, and then you come back and then you pick it up. So. Tanya, Michelle, Rose, hang on the line. We'll get your calls after yeah. the break. We'd love to take more calls. This is a summer to stay connected, locally. From the pandemic to protests to the upcoming election, there is so much information to take in. And on PodMN, you can access hundreds of Minnesota-made podcasts on one app. Current events, health information, political talk. Plus, you'll find podcasts about sports, true crime, and more. PodMN also comes with listener rewards. In July, you can win gift cards to local restaurants, shops, and more just for listening. Download PodMN on your phone's app store or learn more by visiting PodMN.com. Minnesota podcasts live here. 